I was speaking to a man at the back and he said to me, you know, I can't stand pain, he said. And he was very grateful that he wasn't born a woman. Because having babies is a part of life that women are much more stronger than we men, you know, and they give birth. And I've heard women giving birth to babies in elevators, in the back of Ubers. One woman gave birth to a baby in her sleep. Can you imagine that? Waking up and you go into bed one night and you haven't got a baby and wake up in the morning and you're giving birth in your sleep. You must have been a heavy sleeper. But, um, so having, giving birth is not that incredible. It's a wonderful thing. And so the story of Christmas about Jesus being born in a stable, you know, it's, it's an ordinary story. Many babies being born in so many different ways, in so many different circumstances. But this story does not begin in the New Testament. It does not begin in Matthew's Gospel. It begins way back in the Old Testament. And so three things that I want to speak about concerning this passage that we have before us. I've entitled our message, um, Wonderful Counselor. And as I said you last week, I'm going through the titles that is given to Jesus in this book or in this chapter. So the, um, the first heading that I want to give you this morning is your condition. Let's just get this one up. Your condition. So back in Isaiah chapter 8, just before we come to chapter 9, in chapter 8 we read these words. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living. You see, back in Isaiah's day, people were contacting the dead. They were contacting spiritists and contacting mediums in order to get answers. And this was happening throughout Israel's history. Instead of speaking to God in prayer, they would much rather go to a medium or go to a spiritist and get answers from them. It's all dark. It's all evil. And God says that um, if you consult mediums and spirits, they will bring you no joy. They will do you no good. And yet these people did that time and time again. You know, our society is still obsessed with contacting the dead. Spiritists and mediums, their business is still thriving. You give a person a Bible and say, read the Bible, they won't open it. But you put them in a pub, give them a pint and a glass of wine, and there's some creepy old lady sitting in the corner somewhere on a Thursday night. They will much rather drink their pint of beer and go and speak to that woman and spend whatever money she asks to get an answer about what's going to happen in their future. That's our society. Our society is still obsessed with contacting the dead or finding out what your future holds or reading horoscopes. 
touching into the, the spirit realm. Our society is still very much full of that. And because we are like that in our society, God says, look at the earth. Look at the condition of our planet. Look what he says here in the Bible reading. Then they will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. That's what God says. What do we find when we look in our society, in, onto our earth? When I look into our society, I see something like 4 million people died of the coronavirus. I read about people being displaced in different parts of our world and people dying in our own English channel trying to get over into Great Britain, dying and drowning out there. I hear earthquakes and, and, and storms and all these different calamities. All we hear about is the gloom and sadness in our world. Complete distress, gloom, and fear. Now, you don't need me to tell you that. You can just look at the... Or read your papers. And you will agree with me that our world is full of how God describes it. And one of the reasons why it's full like that is because we turned away from him and we're looking for answers elsewhere. Checking out the mediums, checking out the spiritists, checking out other forms of philosophy, and we've rejected the Lord God Almighty. How awful. But there's hope. Because when I come into chapter 9 of Isaiah, we have that first word here. Nevertheless. Yes, they are looking at for spiritists and they're looking at mediums and they're looking for answers other, in other places and they've rejected me, says God. Nevertheless, he says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. What a wonderful word. There will be no more gloom. Why will there be no more gloom? Well, we're going to come on to that. Look what it says in the next verse. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You know, God isn't messing around with his words here. People walking in darkness, he says. People living in the land of deep darkness, he says. Now there's two reasons why there's so much darkness around us. The first reason why there's so much darkness around us is because our world is so full of sin. So full of it. Just this week, I read about a boy, a young man called Ethan. Ethan Crumbly, 15, over in Michigan took his father's gun into school, walks into the classroom and shoots four of his classmates dead. And a teacher. Only 15 years of age. 
Hey, that got bad enough. How about what happened in our country over in Liverpool? A young girl called Ava White, only 12 years old. There she is, standing by the Christmas lights, putting on the Christmas celebration in the town of Liverpool. And at 12 years old, a 14-year-old boy came and stabbed her to death. Isn't that terrible? That's our society. We're living in a society that is full of darkness, deep darkness. And we read it every single day and we try to turn the pages over because we don't want to forget about the darkness. We want to concentrate on the good stuff. But I want to tell you this morning, we live in a society that is very, very dark. And not only is it very dark because of the sin in this world, the Bible tells me it's very dark because of this reason. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The God of this age, the very one that people are seeking out, the spiritists and the mediums and the different ideology and philosophy, all belonging to him, the God of this age, the Bible said, has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. So you go into churches all around this country over Christmas, carol service, they'll all be standing up there singing joy to the world blind they'll all be standing up there saying once in royal David city, blind they'll all be singing silent night, holy night, blind to the fact that Jesus Christ is the son of God we live in a very very dark our condition is very very bad but there's hope. God says the people who are living in darkness have seen what? The Bible says they've seen a great light. Not a small light. They have seen a great light. And do you remember when Jesus was walking and talking and he was teaching? Do you know what he said one day? He said this, I am the light of the world. The li- not a light in a room. Not a light in a town. Not a light, a light up a street. No, I am the light of the world, he says. The people who live in the darkness have seen a great light. And that is who we are being introduced to in this Isaiah book, to the great light. So, the first thing we need to look at is your condition. Our condition is that we're living in darkness. But praise be to God, a great light is coming. The second thing is not only your condition, the second, second thing that I want to speak about is your judge. Your judge. Now look at that verse that we're going to really concentrate on um, this morning. Here it is. For to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, a counselor is one who makes decisions. A counselor is one who judges, one who holds authority. One who had the power to decide what would take place. A counsellor sits in the seat of power. 
that we may understand the word differently in our society, but in the scriptures, in the Bible's day, a counselor is one who sits in authority. And he comes as a judge. And rightly so. Because Jesus is born into a world of darkness. He's born into a world of gloom. And he's born into a world of distress. That is where Jesus comes into. When he comes into our world, he comes into our world with great darkness all around him. And he comes as a counsellor. Now in the Old Testament, the book of Judges, there's a word here, a verse that appears a number of times in the book of Judges. And it's this that uh, comes. It says um, in, in that book, in those days Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did what they saw fit. This is where our society is at the moment. We live in a day when you can't tell anyone what is right or what is wrong. Everyone does what they see fit. And so, if a man wants to dress up as a woman, wear high heels and tights and makeup, that's fine. If a woman wants to marry her son and have sex with her own son, that's fine. If a person wants to marry their animal, their cat or their dog or their horse and say, I'm married, that's fine. Now, you laugh at that. All these illustrations are actually real illustrations. I haven't made them up. They're out there in our society. Everyone is doing what they see fit. What they think is absolutely fine. And no one can tell them that it's wrong. But a king has been born. A counsellor. One who sits in authority. One who has power. Who holds the power to make decisions. He has come to say what is right and what is wrong. He has come to dispel the darkness and to bring light. He has come to dispel confusion and to bring clarity. That is why he has come. And that's why God calls him a counsellor. Now, knowing that, it's not surprising, is it, that people want to get rid of Christ from Christmas. Not surprising that they want Christmas without Christ. They want to remove him. They want to get rid of him. Because they want to do what they want to do. They want to do what they see is fit in their own eyes. They don't want to be told. And so Christ has come, and without actually knowing the theology behind what I'm saying to you, Christ has come, and they said, we don't want him, because he's going to change what we want to do. But you can't get rid of him. <laughs> Thank you, Ferris. I'm glad you're here this morning. You can't get rid of him. You can't send him back. He's been given by God. For unto us a son has been given. 
Unto us a child has been born. He has come and he has come to sort out the darkness. Now maybe you listen to my voice online later on on the tape where you're here this morning but you might be in that place of darkness. You might be blind by the enemy. You might be in church today and yet you may not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. He is able to lift the scales from your eyes. He is able to break every chain and to take you out of darkness. Listen to what the Bible says in this, in this verse. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins Christ has come to rescue you Christmas is all about a rescue operation to come in and to deliver you from the darkness to deliver you from the corruption that we are all in all the gloom and the distress that's in our world Christ has come to bring light and clarity and to tell you what's right and what is wrong can't change it there's always a right and wrong there's no grey areas in God we like to make grey areas but there's no grey areas in him there's always a right and there's always a wrong and he is the counsellor he is one who's come to judge Okay, my final point this morning. I spoke about Christ and I spoke about your condition. I spoke about him being your judge. But finally, I'm going to speak to you about him being your provider. Because he's not just a counsellor. The Bible says he is a wonderful counsellor. Let's get it right. He's not just a counsellor. Both words are very important. He is a wonderful counsellor. Let's go back to um, these verses that I read before from Isaiah chapter 8. Look at these verses again. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? distressed and hungry they will roam through the land and when they are famished they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God here's a people searching for answers here's a people searching and are disappointed they go everywhere and yet they are hungry Famished and distressed. Unfulfilled. Now we in the UK, we really don't know what hunger is, really. By about 12.30, quarter to one, about this time, your belly will begin to rumble. And you think to yourself, you know what, I'm feeling hungry. Well, you know what, you're not hungry. You know that you've got a hot meal at home waiting for you when you get back home you know you've got sandwiches and bread just imagine you wake up in the morning hungry and go to bed at night hungry still that is what real hunger is you go to parts of Africa and parts of India and these 
around the world where, where these countries are struggling to, to see crop growing, they know what real hunger and thirst is. Walking five miles to get to a watering hole. That is what we in the UK know nothing about. We don't know what it is to be, to be really thirsty. We don't know what it really means to be hungry like those people in other parts of the world. It's like little rumbling in our bellies and we want a, a quick snack. That's not real hunger. But people in the third world countries have nothing. Their children wake up hungry and they go to bed hungry. And just imagine if you had the privilege of driving a van full of food and water into one of those villages. Just imagine you had the privilege of taking a, a van full. Although they're full of McDonald's, but actually that's going to do them more harm than good. But let's say just full of good stuff. And you drove that into their village. They will look at you and they will say, how wonderful. Food. How wonderful. Water. They'll be so amazed, they'll be so happy because they're all hungry and famished. When you turn up with food and water, they'll be so amazed. Listen to what Jesus says. He says this. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. He not only says that, he turns around and he says this, on the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Here is a people, I'm not talking about the physical hunger that we see in Africa or see in parts of, of Asia. No, no, he's talking about a deep, deep longing that cannot be met by anything else. You're hungry, you're famished, you're desperate. And he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and I will be able to satisfy your every single need. He is a wonderful counsellor. He is one who is able to provide for your every single need. You don't have to go to anyone else if you have Jesus Christ. That is the true message of Christmas. This baby that is born is given titles. And the first title, there's a number of other titles we'll be looking for to next week. If you read on, you will see the other titles in, in chapter 6. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We'll be looking at those, but now we're just stopping at number 1. He is a wonderful Counselor. And if you come to him, you will be satisfied. You won't be looking to mediums and to spiritists or to other philosophies or to other religions for your answers. 
You won't be going to the world and saying, give me more of what you've got. I want what you have in the world. You won't be wanting the money and the cars and the houses that the world has to have. All of that is empty and useless. But if you have the wonderful counselor, he will meet your every single need and satisfy you completely and totally. And he's born. He's been given at this time. We remember it as Christmas, but we know that he was born not at 25th December, but we remember he came. And the reason why he came is to deliver you from darkness, to bring you into his heavenly kingdom, to clear out all the rubbish in your life, and to let you know that's wrong, that's right. That is what God approves, that is what God disapproves. And let you know these things so you can live a life pleasing to him. And he has come to provide for your every need. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much that Jesus has been given to us. For unto us a son has been given. Unto us a child is born. And as we prepare for Christmas, Lord, we, we get busy, Lord. We get really busy. We're thinking about family members. We're thinking about traveling. We think about doing so many different things. But Lord, we want to prepare our hearts for the coming of a king. We want to prepare our lives, Lord, and understand that this king is a wonderful counselor. Help us to understand that, Lord. Help us to crown you as judge in our lives. To crown you as king of our lives. To let you make the decisions of our lives. Our homes belong to you. Our cars belong to you. Our money belongs to you. Our bodies belong to you. All that we have, oh God, belongs to you. You are the judge, the creator, the sustainer, the keeper of all things. And so we bow to you this morning and we give you praise. For Jesus' sake. Amen.